Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, everybody. It's May 21st, 2018, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. So we have our guest, Craig Kirk. Craig will be... Speaking on, what are you going to be speaking on, Craig? A little bit of this, a little bit of that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right. A hundred, a winning strategies for you fill in the blank right there. So, go right. ahead and uh, we'll start off. This is crossing the bar with Rocco Vanzetti and my guest, Craig Kirk. Um, I, I think as we we talk prior, we're going to. Talk about this, uh, what, roadside stops? Or we're going to be covering a, a bunch of things. But well, first of all, wherever I you, to... where... I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, wherever you want to start, go ahead. First of all, take it away. All right, real quick. So the idea is to make this very, uh, pretty short and packed and very usable information. Uh, very first-year law student 101, which is very, it works. So right off the top, uh, my name's Craig Kirk. Got our website, uh, Craig Kirk Iobjects, uh, dot com or Craig Kirk Objects dot com. And right now on the site, I'm working on a, uh, a chapter called Title 42: Vehicle Surveillance, Cell Phones, GPS Tracking, Tampering with Records uh, page. And I got a DUI page I'm working on there too. And the DUI page doesn't have nothing to do with DUIs. And you can say, well, how's that possible? Right. What, what are you talking about there? What, what, what does it have to do with that? It has to do with governmental records and the pre, the presentation to the court on on the on the records, the the evidence, so-called evidence. Now, there just real quick on that one, that, and it's in working progress. Uh, that information, uh, when you're a public safety risk, there really, really isn't much to talk about. I mean, if you're putting yourself in danger, not you know, I've been I'm guilty of this, so. I'm a living proof of this, and I've done things in court in DUI cases because I'm kind of rally and I do what the hell I want to do. I don't do that anymore, but <laughs> um, so, but I over the years, I found out that when you actually when an officer submits DUI, so-called DUI evidence or public safety evidence, if it's defective and it's presented as truth, it's it's perjury. Now. Uh, oftentimes the court won't do nothing, but you can, and you and you can and you have a duty, and you can get it on the record that it's perjury in the sense that the evidence isn't crystal clear. The evidence, the testimony of whatever piece of paper, evidence, statement, live human, flesh and blood, or database evidence, if it's not true, that's like a form of tampering governmental records over and over and over. And I, I'm a living proof of that. So that's very important. And it's suable because the whole class, everything I'm doing is not defending. Uh, it's it's an offensive and it's lawsuit because the system's set up that way. 
the Title 42 Vehicle Surveillance, Cell Phones, GPS, Tamper, and Governmental Records uh, page will have just what it has on there. And um, I'm going to let the cat out of the bag. Uh, oftentimes, you'll have massive uh, uh, armies of individuals who work for the county who don't have arresting powers or city or village, don't have arresting powers, and they drive around with cell phones. And they drive around with vehicles, and oftentimes those vehicles are insured under the county insurance. And I want you to know that because that's incredible information. And it's happening coast to coast, so I'm working on that. And that's, uh, that's what the site's about, to find that out and then sue on it, because that's how it works. They want to prosecute you this way, you sue that way. Our, new our main, legal, right, new yeah. legal technology. All right. Our job, have, our job is to stay out of harm's way. At the end of the day, we want to stay out of harm's way. And if we're not going to be out of harm's way, then we need to have something that's going to work for us. And that's what these classes do. do you, okay. Do you have that new technology specifically listed on your website? Or, or no? Or would people have to mention that? Because I know you... Have you added that to your website yet? Or? I got the page started. Let me take a look. It's been a while. Okay. I'm just compiling it now. I've, I got it people... already, but I keep adding and adding and adding. Right. Like... Well, here, here's the thing. Give them, if they're looking for something and they, they go to the website, I mean, a phone number perhaps, they can reach you if they uh, want to specifically like... add. Send me an email. It's all go on there, right? Go to the What's website. That? Go to the website, contact page, send me an email, information on how to contact me. Right, craigkirkiobjects.com or craigkirkobjects.com. Yeah. So what do you say, man? Are your shows going to be pretty narrow in terms of length of time, or what are we going to do? Oh, we can do this. We can do anything you want. We can, we can run it out all the way. We can go for hours if you want. I mean, uh, yeah, we're here. Most people can't do it. I it's hard for me to do, and I've been doing this a long time. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, you can do it. Yeah, whatever you want. Hour and a half, hour two. So, the, all the you tell class, me. Every chapter of the class is in MP3 and MP4 video. Every chapter, everything I'm talking about in the class is either uh, audio and video. You get to see exactly how I made my uh, trial notebooks and. Why I made them the way I made them, you can make them yourself. There's three classes. The jury class is free. It's like three and a half days. You get that for free. And the uh, main class, uh, you get all three classes for a really low price. And then there's a civil rights class. Uh, it's actually not civil rights. It's actually tort. Civil rights is, in reality, a species of tort action. It's not civil rights as per se. I don't have civil rights in the old Patriot community. We used to say we don't have civil rights. So that's not what it is. Civil rights yeah. is straight, straight down tort law. Right. So that's what it is. It's, it's a hybrid species of tort, and it's very effective if you can nail it down. Let me talk about that. Okay, so let's uh, go to the first order. In the class, I got a thing on chat, and you can do this yourself. Uh, you don't have to. I don't. You know, you don't have to get it from me. But you can do it for yourself. Important, and it's growing even evenly more important. I mean, it's. And all I do is follow the Department of Transportation regulations for truckers on this. You can do this yourself. You can download it yourself. 
You get it from me and see how I wrote mine, how copious of detail it was. Is checklists. Before, during, and after checklists. When you get, before you get in your car, you do a walk around like truckers. You get inside, you do a, you do a checklist on your gauges. The lights work, brake lights work, you got good brakes, tires are fair. You walk around. While you're driving, you keep an eye on it. You say everything's cool while I'm driving. And then after you, you make checklists. Obviously, we're not going to do it 20, every day. I don't do it every day. But I do it randomly. And the question is, is when do, so will, I catch, will they catch me doing it on that random day? Get that? Think about that. So checklists are very important because it's admissible evidence. And one of the problems is when the officer puts his narrative report in, we don't got no checklists. And I put that in the class. It's very important. Checklists are very important. And it's not uh, de minimis or, or has no value. It has a great value because it shows the thought. And truckers do it. Trucker logs, maintenance logs, checklists, they do that. They kick the tires, they check in the lines lights and so forth, fluids, whatever they're going to do. Right. Yeah. You get your hammer, bounce them off the tires. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you can beat your fenders and bust your windows out. That's fine. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's important because it's Exhibit A. It throws up right. a controversy right off the bat. And you know how many people never do that? If it's a if it's truly a righteous probable cost up, I'm of the I'm of the character and moral stature that I ain't okay, you got me. I'm not contesting it. I mean if, if I run a stop sign and I know that's really dangerous, there's people that walk to there I get jammed for a stop sign. If there's something in the case that will drive me that I see is uh bad, I'll fight it. But if it's a really straightforward, honest, he told the truth, I ran the sign. You don't have to do that. I this I got my own lines drawn for specific reasons because uh I know where I want to go, what's worth messing with, what's not. You know, stop signs are a uh, great public risk, public safety risk. You may need to fight a public uh, stop sign. I had a student a while back, about a year and a half ago, he was fighting a stop sign. And we crawled through the elements of a stop sign and red light. And when he got done understanding the elements of the stop sign and the red light, he was able to go in there and present the case, even though he ran it, and was able to reduce the case to something straight other than another suspension on his license and no reinstatement fees and going to jail. He was able to reduce it. So, there, and, and embedded in his case, he got the public. He got the um, prosecutor to admit the public safety aspect, and that's another thing I talk about. I hark on public safety extensively. Once you understand public safety, stuff's easy. It's like uh, demographics. You know, shifting demographics historically in the United States. Once you understand that how economic demographic shifting works, you understand why people travel from state to state. Or, and what what the impacts on the state are and why they do it on purpose or not. Same thing. We walked through the elements, and he was able to reduce his – he was going to jail for 30 days. I mean, he had two other cases pending. 
he was able to settle out, reduce, and they didn't violate him. And I don't know why they didn't violate him. I thought that was anomaly because he was still in violation of his past probation, but he they didn't violate him. And uh, it could have been a public records request. He did the sheriffs on the jail, the environment of the jail and the law library and those kind of things. They said, we're not going to put you in jail. I don't know. Right, right. He uh, went back and wrote a um, a checklist about that. And well, I just seen the today on yesterday on Facebook. Did you see that? The cop pulled that guy over because he had a piece of vegetation on his uh, windshield. Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah, I, I I posted that. Yeah, uh, leaves. Leaves. You know, the statute right. doesn't say that. The statute says obstruction of view. There was no evidence that the the windshield was being obstructed. The leave and the windshield wiper was down there by the hood. That's not a visual obstruction. That, that's not the legislature's intent and the court's intent. A windshield, a, a, a piece of leaf stuck on a windshield wiper blade is not the statute. He, he actually tried to expand the statute, and that guy fell right for it. That's not what it says. It's got to be you. Got to be visually impaired. And here's another thing about visually impaired while we're talking about checklists. Yeah. The officer has to get inside the vehicle to, to test whether or not you are visually impaired. <laughs> because right. look how the window is concaved. The window is yeah. not straight up flat. It kind of rolls around, right? Right. Visually impaired is only is one direction. It's not two. Because you can have dirt on the outside, you got a, a you have a tinning on the windshield. These are facts. This is what I was trying to explain to Mark Stevens the other day. You know, yeah. the, the lawyers keep on hammering him on uh, about being arrested or uh, personal jurisdiction. There was an issue of fact and law, and I, that's absolutely not true. You either can prove and see me do a crime, a trespass that's that's an arrestable offense, or you didn't. And if you didn't, it's a it's a criminal uh, kidnapping. Right, exactly. This moment I've been talking about for years, armed kidnapping at that. Yeah, and so the and you know those, with all the all the enhancers that go with it that you declared a a false emergency. Now you're you're looking to. Follow some policy that involves unjust enrichment, so now you got a financial crimes enterprise and all this other stuff. They're just money grabbers or road pirates. So, yeah, there's a whole bunch of elements here. There is. Plug you into. Keep, on those things, you want to keep it as narrow as possible so you can, when you do follow your suit, if you take the class, to go to the page, take the buy it, I got PayPal on there. But when you, if you take the civil rights class, you want to keep your. Uh, your case narrow as possible, and once you prove that's an underlying premise that it was a, a form of kidnapping, criminal kidnapping or civil, because there's both, because we both uh, individuals have the same power. We both have uh, the ability to seize, and it, and it can be converted into criminal or civil kidnapping. Or, or unlawful restraint can be civil or criminal. We all have that arresting power, so that's nothing new. It's been there since Cain and Abel. So, 
uh, whether it was justified or not is a different story. And, and that, those, that checklist goes into that. You have to sit down there and really think about that, copiously think about that. And if you, if they don't have a, if they have a jail and they take you to jail, well, now you've got Chapter 10 and the Emirates rights, it's 12 hours. I'm going to make a personal guarantee. You take Chapter 10. I personally guarantee when you get done with cha- Chapter 10, you'll have a, a huge, profound, different uh, thinking about inmates' rights. You may have been an inmate. You may know what your rights are. But I push it to the absolute extreme. And I copiously mm-hmm. crawl through many statutes on it, from inmate handbook uh, to uh, who wrote it, who is responsible for the use and application of it, which is important. You've got to plead that out. If you get an inmate's handbook, it's, it's just like the checklist. When you get the checklist, it's already done. You just simply fill it out. That is admissible, and then you, you can say, I'm responsible for the checklist. My backside is on, line, on the lines of the checklist. Let's, let's switch it to a citation. I was thinking about this today. I, something struck me. The Ohio Supreme Court said, oh, that's, uh, that citation has the elements of an action or the authority to uh, invoke uh, court police powers, court police powers, because all the power stems with the judges. All arrests come from judges. They are not independent themselves. The arresting power of the sheriff or the police are not independent. They are officers of the court. They can't do nothing independently. The courts have seized everything in the territorial county. Never forget that. Anything in the county, the Muni Court or the Court of Common Pleas or Superior Court or the Constitutional Court in Texas, every judge has seized everything and everybody in the county. The only thing missing is the action and the paper identifying the seizure. Everything in the county, the territorial county, so-called political subdivision, is seized right now, has been that way for a long time. Anything and everything is already arrested. Been arrested for, in Ohio, Northwest Territory, so it's been arrested for, I don't know, 200 years, whatever. So everything in the county, territory, uh, not all villages have that. And uh, cities, the counties and cities, boroughs, some townships have it, mayor's court. But they don't have full arresting powers. Anything within the territorial court reach uh, is arrested and seized already. Okay, so the Supreme Court said a traffic citation meets all the elements of a seizure and an action. I said, well, that, you know, today I was thinking about that. It was like one of those passing thoughts. I was like, that's very interesting. Well, if they have, here's your lawsuit. I'm going to show you how to bust this thing. See, I, I consider this like divine thought. This is like, you know, me banging the gong. But I want you to think about this. This is something that never dawned on me, and I, I've seen many citations. I never really went this way and thought. Challenged the structure, who wrote them, and all those things. But if the Supreme Court of Ohio authorizes law enforcement, any city, county, state, village, township, borough, whatever, to, to have the uniform uh, traffic citation book, and that's authorized by the Supreme Court, and that meets the arresting seizing power to, to invoke 
personal and in personam and rem, whatever jurisdiction they're going to try or, or they're going to allege all of it, well, then I can write affidavits the same way. I can I can literally write a a court paper or an affidavit the same way, and if it's not treated the same, that's a that's a due process violation. I would sue you on that. What that does is, if that is a, now this is in theory, if that's a winnable suit, and it very well could be, because if he can write de minimis least amount of information on a citation on the onset, then I can do it. I can write the least amount of on uh, affidavit on the onset. They're, they're claiming it has affidavitorial powers. You have to, it has to be, uh, it has to be uh, under penalty of perjury. Every court document has to be. So, uh, so such things as going to court without under penalty of perjury and being sworn in, but they do it all the time. That's the beauty of that. It has to be, somebody has to get up there and testify, or you have to already be sworn in, which is raises another question. So if the Supreme Court says, well, yeah, the Uniform Traffic Citation is meets the elements of invoking the court power and, and it's a seizure, whether you're in custody or not, civil or whatever it is, then I have a right to uh, uh, assault and either attack the, the the power itself based on what's there as a charging instrument or document, or I have a right, and this has been done that way, or I have a right to write something that is falls under the same lines. If I don't have the right to write the same way they do, okay, you know how when uh, you get stopped, you hand a police officer something out the window, right? right? Well, if my paperwork's looked on as patriot diatribe and sovereign citizenry, but you're the minimum citation because I went to the Supreme Court. Your uh, your your uh, citation book it was created and is approved by the Ohio Supreme Court. If if they can do that, why can't I? Right. The facts aren't embedded on the uh, the under penalty of perjury is on there, but the facts aren't on the citation. There's a statute or ordinance on there, but the facts drive the case. It's not the statute or ordinance. The statute and ordinance doesn't drive it, drive the uh, case. If it does, it was a free takings to begin with. That means yeah. if the statute was written in 1974, okay, 45A19A1, A1, which is uh, under the influence. <laughs> Don't ask me how I know it. If uh, <laughs> if the statute was pre-written in 74, that means when that statute was written, everything before or up to that point, the legislature had intended to seize everything in that category, and they did. So it's a takings. And basically, I'm just talking about common law and constitutional law. And once you pare it down to it's either takings, it's either lie, takings, or a constitutional or common law problem, what is it? See, they want to stack statutory garbage on top of it, but they don't want to talk about the takings. In '94, I had a, uh, I had a, um, a uh, 1983 Toyota Camry. 
Celica. I can't remember what it was. Celica or Camry. Uh, it was uh, Ford Fitchard. It was Ford Fitchard, 19... No, 93. 93. 93, 94 is Ford I just pulled that record again. <clears throat> and I looked at that record, and there was no due process and no service, nothing that amounted to actual a access to the court to subsequently challenge that. Mm -hmm. and, and there's a 94 case I got to deal with, right? So the thing about the 94 case, they're using that as the backdrop. So if, if you got an old pending case or something's going on there and they use something and you find something where the, the laws changed or the facts are not there or like in this case, there was no motion for discovery. The public defenders, this is back before I started any of this. And it's been a long time now. They never filed a motion for discovery. I found I found statute violations that are just shocking. That are shocking. Every reinstatement fee in Ohio, right. if they refuse you in some way for the $50 reinstatement fee, let's theoretically say you're playing a statutory game. They right. refuse you to... Uh, uh, to pay the $50 a month reinstatement fee, right? But the Ohio Department, I want you to think about this. The Ohio Department of Taxation says you owe me $3,000 worth of reinstatement fees. But the, BM, the Ohio Department of Public Safety and the Bureau of Motor Vehicles is collecting those fees. But the fees... Yeah. But, I, but I'm disqualified for the $50. This, this is theoretic. I, you know, I know a case like this. And there was a case, there was a lawyer that sued on something similar, which I'm getting ready to tell you. This is how ignorant the legal system is. <clears throat> the lawyers, they go along and they just, they don't really do this. What I'm getting ready to do and show you is I'm going to show you how to, uh, the emperor has no clothes. And it's actually a converted tax. It's actually a, a, a tax by the high department of transport, or a high department of taxation. Right. So you can't get right, access right, right, to... Right, 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 right. Can't get access to the fifty dollars reinstatement fee process. Yeah, but you've got to pay X Y Z to the Ohio Department of Taxation. I want you to think about this. A lot of people across the country get reinstatement fees and all these fees from the Department of Public Safety and Bureau of Motor Vehicles or whatever it's called in your state or territory or whatever. Oh yeah, it happens all the time. It happens all the time. <clears throat> but guess who never comes to court? When you uh -huh. get mentioned, guess who never comes to court and who's never mentioned? The, the parent agency. Yeah, the, the parent agency. Well, it's all. Well, they one thing just argue argue that well, we're just it's an agency, so we have these contracts to act as representatives for them. So, so Ohio, we have Ohio Department of Taxation, it's a department of the state, and Ohio Department of Public <laughs> Safety, and then in Ohio, the Bureau of Motor Vehicles is an agency. Not, it's not a department. Uh, Department of Transportation doesn't have an enforcement arm. They had to make one. They call it the BMV. Right. And, and inside that BMV, they, they hold the records. All oh, your your foobard, you're happy. Your foobard, you're happy. Your foobard, you know. Little slave gets to drive. Oh, you're a bad slave. You're going to chastise you. And you don't get <laughs> It's stupid on its face, but. I mean, I understand some people should never be behind a car. I mean, there's a guy here in Ohio that's got 17 DUIs. I mean... Right, get behind the wheel of a car, sure. The guy's a, the guy's a terror. 
I mean, just the idea. I understand. I've seen enough crashes and people deaths and destruction of videos and uh, reports. I get the Highway Patrol reports on crashes all the time. I look at them all the time, just about probably three times a week I'm looking. Four times. I, I consider that all the time. That's a lot to read that ter- horrible shit. Right. So, but the Ohio Department of Taxation never shows up to court. And we never summons or subpoena, subpoena them to court. Everybody that's holding records or enforcement of the records, if there's something in the record that's speaking, somebody's got to testify to, that, testify to the validity of holding that record. The prosecutor and the police can't. They have no idea. A lot of times governmental records are hearsay. Sometimes they're not. Somebody has to get on the stand and be sworn in to testify that. And, and so let's say you got a loser case or you can't win. Okay, that sucks. I respect that. Yeah, everybody wants to win. You know, we got pride and ego and all those things, and I do too. But guess what? I found three areas that I don't really care if I win or not. I found three civil rights areas I'm suing you on, which has nothing to do with whether I'm winning or not. But it does create a barrier. <laughs> you catch them messing up in three different areas. You uh, ring the bell, ding-a-ling-a-ling, and it has nothing to do with suspension or not. That's irrelevant. You go through the suspension, but you still sue. It's not re- I don't care. The system's set up there. I don't give a crap if you don't like it. You guys set this ignorant stuff up, not me. You guys break the law, not me. You guys violate inmates' rights, not me. I'm Joe Schmo from Kokomo. Who am I? I'm nobody. Okay, Carl okay, Miller. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Joe Schmo from Kokomo, living at the, the common law, unfranchised, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that was his one. <laughs> this is the facts of the case. This is what's going on inside the case. This is what's happening. There's a lot of players that never come to court, and the, the counties and the prosecutor don't want you to bring them to court, and they don't want you to subpoena, and you have a right to contest and challenge those records. Somebody's got to... Let's say you got a court case in a different county with a standing order for three years ago, and you're in a different county. Oh, we see here in the record that there's a court order. Okay, here's the question. So there's a court order, right? That's all you need to see is a court order? Mm-hmm. Yep, that's all you need to see. What about the evidence backing that court order up? Am I allowed to challenge that evidence backing that court order up? Think right, about yeah. Ask him, hey, is this is this court taking quasi jurisdiction over that court? You know, in that case. Oh, they 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 always want to say doctor of comedy or go to the other court and get your license back or whatever it is they're going to say. But say, excuse me, no, 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 you're going to answer the question. The question squarely before the court is: is the is this court going to prohibit the evidence supporting this order? And am I being blocked from challenging the substance of this order? That's the question. And if you deny me, I'm suing you. See? Yep. This is the problem. We need to... Due pro- I mean, due process violation right there. Because if they'll bring somebody in to testify that order, you can get up there and deny it all day long. What are they going to do? Yeah. Stop perjury. Stop perjury. Sure. They're not tampering records. Stop my record. And I have different facts. 
and I know the evidence to be different. I'm saying that's that's a that not only is that quarter doesn't exist, that's a lie. And here's my affidavit. And I might have forty six different facts that's never been entered into the record that subsequently damaged the case against the order. And the order wasn't predicated on those facts. They'll come back and say, Well, but you didn't tell the court. I'm gonna say, Well, excuse me, you prohibited the public defenders from accessing the court. That's a Sixth Amendment violation. I want you to disprove that. Even if it's truth or lie. You might believe it is a truth. Or you might think it's a lie. I don't know. It's not relevant. What's relevant is, is you blocked the public defender to give me representation. You said, well, at the hearing, this is just hypotheticals. Well, you, you pleaded guilty to it. That's not the same as presenting evidence. <laughs> Come on, what do you think? I'm an idiot? I'm suing you on that one. Every time you open your mouth and you you contaminate the record with perjury or stacking the evidence, it's a suit. It's a count. That's why I teach in the class very copiously. Every word that proceeds out the mouth shall not return. What is not stated is omitted as fact. Is admitted, not omitted. What is not stated is admitted as fact. And the class is predicated on common law code pleading and fact pleading. Fact pleading is deadly. I show you how to stack facts to make that an, as an exhibit. They got to be contested. I'll tell you how to do it right here, right now. You can do what this one simple thing. You take all the parties and you type out. And here's how to do it. I go through the video, I show you how I did it, and there's a lot of evidentiary questions that, that pop up while doing this. Officer said, officer said, officer said, officer said. The other officer said, the other officer said, the other officer said. I said, I said, I said. Officer said, Craig said, officer said, Craig said, officer said, Craig said. Right. They drift. You stack that and you remove that. Officer said one, officer said this. Remember, he, a statement is not a question. He said, he said, he said, he said. You got them all listed out, stacked. Craig said. Craig said, officer said. Craig said, officer said. Craig said, officer said. If you follow my instructions, the only thing that should be there is uh, almost little to no conversation with the police officer, period. Absolutely zero, zip, zilch. Let them in the minds of, uh, let them fabricate in the minds of men what they want to put in their report. And they'll never see it right. coming. And that's how this works. You don't say nothing. Tell them your name, telling them uh, your address and stuff, that doesn't mean anything, unless you got warrants. <laughs> it's not, it doesn't invoke the jurisdiction because the jurisdiction can be challenged at any time, even after you've been on death row for 24 years. So... Yeah. That doesn't really mean that. That's a fiction. Uh, so name, my name is Billy Bob Thornton. <clears throat> Where do you live? I live at uh, 306 Hamburger Road. <laughs> yeah. That's it. What's your social security number? I object to that. Are you going to cite me for that? Well, yeah, I am. Well, thank you. Hurry up and write that down. You're citing me for not giving a social security number? Thank you, Jesus, God. Hurry up and put that on there. Hurry and you better do it because you raised it because that's a constitutional violation. I'm making the objection right now. I'm making the objection. That's a constitutional violation. That's a statutory violation, too. And I and I am objecting to it. And you're violating my rights. So I want you to put that on there. Please do. Thank you. And just be quiet. Yep. That's it. 
well, why, why, do you, why do you want to put that on there? No, that's your job. You say that's your job, that's fine. And I want you to cite me the policy number attached to that, too. And if you think there's a statute, a rule, a regulation, cite those, too. I want you to cite that. Please, hurry. Hurry, cite that right now. And if you don't, I'm going to crucify you on, on the stand. That's all. I mean, there's nothing personal, buddy. I mean, you're a nice guy. I, I respect you. And, that's, and it, you you didn't make this. You don't have a clue. And well, you were trained. You got good, probably good training, but you don't really have a clue what I'm talking about, why I'm doing it, what I know. The nice person. I'm not here crapping on you. It's not my thing. It's, but please it's, put that on there. It's, uh, it's just business, obviously. That's all it is. Nothing personal. I says, put your hands behind your back. Okay, well, I'm kind of big, so can you double cuff me? Because I can't, you know, really cause the, I got a shoulder injury. Will you double cuff it? Yes or no? I put that on her. No, I'm going to just cuff you and then you torture your arms, right? Well, that's an assault. That's an assault. And you shut up. I said, well, you double cuff me. My arms hurt. Whether they hurt or not, dude, it's not relevant. I got felt extreme discomfort for three or four days. I asked him to double cu- double cuff me. He wouldn't. He, he grabbed me and yanked my arms. I, I did. There was no fear of gestures. There was no hostility. There was no aggression. There was no sidestepping. I complied. It was, you know, passe, passive. I, I mean, he's not relevant in all this. All he's doing is speaking the, the master's jib. That's all. <laughs> I don't like to cut your jib. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they got the jib down. They got the script. Yeah, they do, and they're trained to to try to outscript you. But and and it's all factual. Everything is fact. You remove the emotions. I seen a video today of this cop uh, assaulting, and he backpedaled like tremendously because he was in trouble. He looked like he's all steroid out. I generally don't like to watch him because I get triggered easy. I'm tri- triggered. <laughs> triggered. But this cop, this guy was working on a construction site, sitting in a truck. He's got the helmet and the gear and all the stuff. This cop drove up on him and pointed a gun at him and roughed him up and said, well, you're in this. I work here. And the cop fabricated uh, a a furtive gesture response to aggressively increase the level of uh, of physically touching him, which became an assault. So there's levels. You got to watch out for this. You got to know what you're talking about with assault. I have that in the class. What's the levels of assault and the elements? Well, he 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 used policy, which is illegal, to escalate a situation into a a confrontation to use deadly force. It's aggravated menacing with a weapon, or it's aggravated menacing because the law applies equally. Now, if if the if the prosecutor locally doesn't want to prosecute that, well, that's fine. I can still sue you. It don't matter. Your the jurisdictional question is not relevant here. If you don't, if you have a home rule policy, not talking about this. If you have a home rule policy. And my rights are subordinate. I don't have no rights. They were seized long before I got to court. Remember that. Anything in the territory is already forfeited. The evidence is that cop that cop assaulted me. Say that, say that again about being forfeited. Okay. For in everybody the county, at home. In the county of Kershockton. I'll use Kershockton mm-hmm. or Franklin County or whatever you're in. Lake County. In the county. 
everything and anything in the county has already been seized. Mm-hmm. The missing component of the actual proof of the seizure is the court number. That's it. And whatever's attached to the number and the pleadings and whatever's going on. Everything's already been seized. That's uh, So we call this home rule. The counties are not supposed to practice home rule. I talk about home rule in the Chapter 4 trial notebook. It's important. If you can't go in there and talk about home rule and, and present a home rule argument in violation against your rights, you lose much of the case. And, that, and it's an element because you've got to understand where you are. It's called home rule. This is how it be stuff here, boy. You got a pretty mouth. So. <laughs> You sure do got a pretty mouth. Well, that's uh, if it's the home rule, bunch of hillbilly cops. <laughs> and I'm not the picking hillbilly up. coming. I'm not picking on. I'm just telling you, it's what it is. It's the home rule. It's called the home rule. It's been around since the state of Ohio in 1802 was brought in. It's part of the Islamic law, and I won't talk about that. People are like, well, that's insane. I've never heard that before. But it's part of Ohio history, Northwest Territory, the home rule, territorial home rule. Home rule, village, city, township, borough, home rule, county adopts the home rule. Well, I'm the elected police sheriff, for, and we got the we got the city uh, uh, prosecutor, and he's not going to prosecute her. We got the the law director, he's not going to prosecute. Well, that's because it's under the home rule. And the home rule, I've already sur- you've already took my rights before I ever got to court. And they'll, they'll have to say, no, that's not it, because we view assault. No. The assault is you can't touch me on these grounds. The assault is you can't touch me on any grounds unless I ra- unless it raises to a public safety. That's the way you all that's the way you guys created this. You guys created this. I didn't create this. Public safety wasn't there. The record the video and the record proved public safety is there. Matter of fact, I had a right to be there. I have justification while I am there. You may be concerned while while why I'm there. That's fine. You may have a right to be concerned, but you do not have a right to uh, in, uh, um, ratchet uh, a a hostile deadly force or a hostile for, ratchet up the uh, deadly force elements or force elements to make justification for the assault. You don't have a right to do that. You lose the case there. You have a right to be there, maybe. I have a right to be there, so you may have a right to be there. But you don't have a right to take and grab me and assault me in the manner that it was because you lost immunity and it converted into an assault. And when you watch the video, you can see that uh, One I Am has that on there. The Rocco's name is One I Am. He's out of um, Detroit. He's a black guy. Pretty smart dude. He, he makes a lot of money. So... I think it works for GM or something. Been there a long time. And you raise the level of the assault from actually uh, concern for your safety to an assault. So he did a search and did a quick pat down, and then he kept grabbing like three other times. Each time he grabbed him, unjustified, was an assault. And then as you watch the video... The officer starts backpedaling and making justification. See, see, you can see how I'm nervous, and you can see he knew his ass was in trouble. He, he, he looked like he was on steroids. If it was me, I would have had a mental and psychological evaluation, and I would demand a blood test right now because the 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 
uh, anab- uh, what do you call it, anabolic steroid elements, I think, are there. The steroid usage or crotonum or whatever it is they use to um, uh, physical exercise or that increases hostility or fear. There was no justification for fear. The guy didn't show any fear of gestures. He had a right to get out of the truck. He was parked. He did get out of the truck, though. That, that may be a question. But once it de-escalated, once the guy was straight up, straight down, uh, here's another thing. The officer searched his truck three times. That's illegal. You search me, you can't search my vehicle. I'm out of the vehicle. The Supreme Court and the appeals courts have said this repeatedly. If the guy's out of his vehicle, there's no public safety question unless there's somebody else in the vehicle that warrants a search of the vehicle. And then that has to be very, that's actually a really heightened area. So he, he, he took the guy, put him in the back of the cruiser or back of the truck, and then he searched that door and this door, and he went in there three times. That, those are three separate factual illegal searches. Once you leave the vehicle and you're, and you're free and you'll have no weapons or no weapons of any type on you, the courts have said this. And then my federal liberal lawsuit, my federal civil rights case, in 2009, the magistrate Deaver said the same thing. She outlined what an, uh, an assault was, and, and she outlined what a takings and of impounding a vehicle versus a seizure. An impound is by the court, a seizure is by a police officer. But they want to confuse the terms of seizure and impound. They're distinguishable. They're legally distinguishable. They're not the same. You can't use them the same because the, the seizure of the automobile is no recourse at that time. An impound, impoundment, or forfeiture means there's on, ongoing litigation. Seizure is a complete obligation of property. That's why I said everything in the county is already lost. Everything. Hmm. Already gone. It's been gone for 200 years. You look at the, and I talk about the history of Ohio, the wars in Ohio, Northwest Territory, very important. Because you see the wars where they're seizing land, and they're going river by river. And they're, they're, they mapped out the, the state of Ohio, the Ohio State, Northwest Territory. They mapped out the Ohio State Territory from a group called the, uh, the uh, it's a, it was a, uh, a land company out of New York. I can't remember the name of it. It's in the class. Very important. There was a land company that was brought in from the Continental Congress to uh, survey the land for the, the state of Ohio. Which is, which is, but I'm not going to go there because they'll, they'll, they'll. Uh, that's a whole scary area. You might, you know, I, that's we don't want to go there. I, I'm not going there. You can go there, but that's an area you don't want to tamper with. But trust me, that's a very bad area. They don't play around when you start getting to the roots of history and challenging substance boundaries. You know, Texas had that between New Mexico. There was a war between New Mexico and Texas where the feds were seizing land on both sides of Mexico and, New, and Texas during the rivers, there was, that, was a, that was interesting. You're talking about uh, border wars. The state of Ohio and Indiana had that, too. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's an area you don't want. You, if you don't know what you're doing and you go tamper, playing around there like some, something silly, yeah, that's, a, they, that's no joke stuff there. You'll find you floating down the river, and I'm not kidding either. That's, you know, floating the Float in the ditch, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, because you're talking billions of dollars shifting. If you can, I don't, I don't even want to go there. I'm, I'm done with that. So, yeah, <laughs> we don't want to invite the black helicopters. No, no, it's just I don't want to be involved in that kind of shit. That's not something I. Hey, the lines are there. I don't care. It's, I, I'm not super Craig. So, <laughs> so. He sees the sees the he he was going to seize the truck. He didn't anything in the territory. It's already seized. It's already gone. The evidence is is I the the officer says I had a right to seize it. They want to make like they have their power invokes at that moment, but that's not true, because the statute predates the car. Oftentimes, the statute that they're using, or the common law, or the facts, predate the existence of the child or the person. If the statute was written in 1927, that means that from 1927 to 2018, that means all the property in the territory of that that's allotted to the political subdivision, all the property in that territory has already been seized and taken, gone. That's a fact. And and they say, well, you didn't pay your property tax, that's why they're taking it. Well, then, well, wait a minute. If I didn't pay my property tax, that means I had it, that it was assessed and leveraged and took them before I required acquired the property. Is that right? Well, yeah. See, it's already taken. And, it, and a property tax assessed between these people from 2018 to 96, 96 to 84, 84 to 76, and, uh, and the house was built in 1954. It's a Cape Cod house, and that's when we seized it. <laughs> but the land was seized. But when it comes to land, it was seized. Uh, 200 years 200 years previous. Yeah. Yes. And that's how they were doing whole, the banks were doing whole sections on foreclosure. Congress has gave the authorization under constitutional warrants to seize whole sections of the lands of the farmers out in Iowa and whole sections of land uh, that's in the townships on real estate. So everybody looks at, well, they're foreclosing on me. No, no, they're not foreclosing on you. They're foreclosing on 2,400 other people like you in this section of land that Congress gave their constitutional warrant to the attorney general, to the governor, down to the bank and the lawyers to foreclose on that land. That's how that works. It just so happens to be you're just narrow and the land is seized in a foreclosure because you didn't pay something. Because land is supposed to be a fee simple, absolute, well, if I can convert it over to commerce or commercial, everybody knows that. But in reality, they seized it long before that because the United States government pledges the land for national security. They know, everybody knows that. That's nothing new. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, That's yeah. how that works. I mean, it's seized. Our job is, okay, it's seized. Now can I catch you committing crime? And you can. That's why I'm working on that DUI page. I got the DUI material right here. It's like... Uh, Lawrence Taylor, DUI blog. It's about alcohol, but when you really look at the legalities of it, it's amazing. Because it really leaves the alcohol question aside. Okay, he's under, he's impaired. That's not, we'll put that aside. Okay. But let's look at the legal problems. Let's look at the facts and lies. DUI equipment. You go in there and blow, and the analogs are 8,000, or the, uh, the back data master, you blow in it, right? It gives off a reading. Yeah, yeah. It gives off a reading. Oh, yeah. 
Well, come to find well, out here in Ohio, um, those pieces of equipment, those pieces of equipment are catastrophically defective. Well, and also there was a, a case, I remember, uh, there was a, a famous professional athlete who lawyered up, and he and his lawyer got the, the state called the witness, or they called him in, said, hey, you work on these breathalyzers, right? And then he went on to say, you know, right, and then what's, what's the... Uh, the ingredient you put in there, you know, and it's like an activator, whatever the chemical is. And then the guy, he he didn't just stop short. He says, well, yeah, we use this, but the township or the state came to us, township, whatever it was, or the city came to us and said, hey, we can get this other stuff cheaper, the chemical. And then the guy's like, oh, really? Tell me about that. And then he realized this other chemical from this outsource, they they automatically voided the reading on the this breathalyzer, and it was a false positive windfall for these guys. So they, they know they they nulled it and avoided it by uh, sending it out to a private lab. In uh, this in this activator, quote unquote, was not um, in you know compliance. So yeah. Yeah. it did, did not it did not perform as designed so right there the door swung open and he drove a semi through it you know wow you got nothing to stand on here fellas case dismissed well here in ohio the uh companies wouldn't give the source codes to the back data master or the analoxer 5000 the source code is the code it's like linux you know or microsoft garbage or linux <laughs> yeah. okay you either want linux top of the line or you want Microsoft garbage, you know, I, I had Microsoft for years, they they wouldn't give the code. And the court wouldn't make them to give the code and had to go to the appeals court. Appeals court says, you got to give them the code. There's evidence here that there's something wrong here. And so, you know what they did? They canceled the contract. The state did. Ah, uh, there you go. And just see, walked away. See, they didn't want to get their hands broke off in the cookie jar. Yeah, not about DUI. It's not about the guy's drunk. He's drunk or snot. He's an he's an idiot. Sure. I'm an idiot. I you know I've I've been guilty of this, so I'm not uh, wholly righteous now. But I've learned this shit over time. It's like you know why am I getting the crap beat out of me? Why are these problems? And and uh, and for me, a divine spark said, "Go study, my little stupid. Go study." I said, "Okay, I'm gonna go study." And here I am. Rocco, he knows that we're studying. Like, huh? I caught you in a lie. What does Scripture say about lies? So here's the thing. They don't want to give the source code. But it's not about the guy drunk. It's not about Craig DUI or anything. It's not, that's relevant. Okay, he is. He's a public safety. The guy's a walking menace. He deserves what he gets. But that's not the case. The case is all this perjury right here I got you on. This is the case. I don't care about this DUI problem. The case is the uh, lack of due process, the evidentiary evidence, and those things uh, on the record that are missing. What's not stated is admitted as admitted as fact. Now, here's another here's another way to structure evidence. In Ohio, you have the Ohio Department of Public Health. Okay, and I've talked mm -hmm. to counselors. I've talked to Ohio Department of Health on this. I'm running it down because I got the books. And in order to run it down in the books, over time, you've got to call them and look at the statutes and say, how's this stuff work? And I'll tell you. And it's all recorded, right? Most of it's recorded, but that's for later on issues. Not all of it. Well, some of it didn't get recorded because the battery's died. But... So 
Ohio Department of Health statutes. In order to convict somebody of a DUI, the Department of Health statutes have to be exploit explicitly exercised. So DUI alcoholism is looked as disease. But here's what the counties do under the home rule. They streamline the process and they ring the bell and catch a DUI and they suspend your license and they get paid. Fines, whatever. Cha ching, cha ching. They streamline it. But had they went and looked at the Ohio Department of Health statutes, the Ohio Department of Health statutes prohibit that. So the county is literally assaulting the state of Ohio by breaking the law. I want you to think about that. Remember, the county is not the state. They're a political subdivision. They've never been the state. They're never going to be the state. They never have been. They're not the man. The man is the legislature. The legislature does not have arresting authority. The sentencing commission doesn't have arresting authority. They confer that onto the political subdivision. And the political subdivisions and the, and the municipal corporations break the law all the time. And the states can't do nothing about it. Because the counties realize, well, we can make cash here. Cha-ching! Cha-ching! Now, in Ohio, we have a drug epidemic, and I have to commend, uh, so I'm siding with the devil, if you will. They have to commend the efforts of the um, fentanyl and the opiates and the heroin, the drug courts. I'm amazed at the drug courts. They should have done this for people who have alcohol 30 years ago. I'm amazed. They should have done this in 1979. But they didn't want to. They had the ends of court in 79, the American Bar is fighting, the ends of court, and Mad Mothers, who was a federally promoted operation. And a lot, and a lot of people were involved, including the Vatican, was involved in Mad Mothers in 1979, 79, 80s. And they should have made alcohol courts. Now they're making drug courts in Ohio, all over the country. And when you look at the statutes, the statutes required that back in the the 70s, late 70s and early 80s. So there was a there's a brief period of time from the mental institutions to where there is none, to the jails becoming the mental institution, and it's destroying and racking wreaking havoc, and the and the counties and the cities are chinging. I mean they're just getting money hand over fist. Just over hand, whatever they're making god awful money. See, these are see now. It's we're not even talking about DUI no more. We're talking about state law violations. You only need one statute. On average, in Coshocton County is a third class county. You got first class, second class, third class. Columbus, Ohio is the capital. Columbus is a first class county. Uh, Licking County is a second class, and Coshocton is third class. And so, on average, a third class county on one count. Or one state law violation, it's like $86,000. It could be as low as forty-six. So always go low. If you take the classes on the civil rights, always go low. Go forty-six. Never go greedy. Never go full retard. Yeah. Only go half. <laughs> yeah. Don't go free retard. How much you want for them taters? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, nope. yeah, yeah. Don't go steak, man. Just order you up a plate full of taters, man. Don't get greedy. You want in and out, swift exchange. And, and guess who's? This isn't me saying. These are the judges saying this. I didn't make this up. This is George, judges said this. All the case laws are clear on this. It'll vary from case to case. You'll have traps and pitfalls. 
my um, civil rights placement. So it only takes one statute to do it, and, and it's all factual. You know, the, the officer who stopped the guy and went in his truck three times and then grabbed him three separate times, first time justified. Okay, we'll give you one time. The two other times, those are assaults. You're done. Now, I want to switch gears here uh, to something about, and this isn't about attacking police. I, I, I want everybody to know I'm not here to assault or harass or cause misery and mayhem and destruction to law enforcement. That's not my job. That's not the job. Let them do their job. It's true somebody's going to have to do something because civilization is where it is. It's a mess. So whoever does that, I don't know. Uh, if you if you were listening to Mark Stevens, uh, no state project, then it's utopia and utopian ideas, and then everybody should be like Mark. <laughs> it ain't gonna happen. It's it's a it sounds good on paper in theory, but there, it's not utopia. It's miserable as hell, and you got a bunch of crazy people that are on medication running around with firearms. So you got a lot of mental ill people, food, chemtrails, whatever. So. I want to talk about something else. This is really important. Let's talk about revoking police certificates. Now, you don't do this because you got the knowledge and you're some kind of hotshot. You don't do, you, you know, you, you're your brother's keeper. You're very careful about this. You're not here to do this at, to uh, cause problems. If it's warranted and justified, great. In Ohio, we have a steering committee or committee that oversees hearings on revoking police certificates. Every state has one. Somebody issued the police certificate and ain't the judge and ain't the uh, internal investigation at the police station. It ain't the court. It ain't the judge. It's not the, the elected sheriff or the, the elected police commissioner. It ain't the county commissioners. Somebody at the state level gave the officer the police certificate. That police certificate has attached to it a hearing a hearing committee, a hearing due process. You're allowed to submit evidence, witness, and testimony, and affidavits, declarations, and testify under oath or in a hearing or before the board about the evidence, whether the certificate should be revoked. This isn't for this isn't for some little kid stuff. This is real business. This is uh, they law enforcement does not like this. You can either ask your sheriff to do it, or you're going to do it. Ask, let the sheriff do it. If the sheriff does it, and he submits evidence, witness, and testimony, and he stacks the evidence, well, then you can come in there of uh, rebuttal. And you can point out the the prejudicial aspects of the sheriff done, or the police, whoever, whoever's doing it. That opens the door for other problems, but that, that exposes the committee because if the committee don't suspend, you get to sue the committee and the officer. This is at the root of the problem. This is your rights. These are your rights. This isn't something I'm making up. This isn't horseshit. This is real live. This is how it works. This is the crank rods and pistons. I'm an auto technician. This is this. The paper is the fuel and the spark plug ignit. The spark plug. Uh, Ignition spark, detonating the fuel in the cylinder, pushing the piston down, and then the the crank rods, the pistons roll around here, coming up and down, ba boom, boom, ba boom, boom. 
This is how it works. This isn't something you do every time. You don't do this every time. Sounds like an episode of Lost with a band named Drive Shaft, but that's another story. Yeah. Yeah. We gotta we gotta engage this drive shaft and get out and get out from being lost. Not all not all officers need this. Ha, need to have this happen. I mean, so there's part of us that are totally hostile, hate the pigs and everything. And I'm not that way. I don't have hate in, in my heart. <laughs> I'm, I just not that way. I don't need to because I got the law on my side. The procedures and the law, I don't need to run around and say, I'm going to get you. I don't know. If you violate my rights, I might let it go. I have compassion and understanding and I have prayers. But that only goes so far, right, you know. That only goes so far. I, you know, I, I'm very slow to anger. I'm very slow to react. I'm very, I'm like, uh, I'm not a flash in a pan. As George Gordon said, there's two litigators, two pro se litigators. There's flash in the pans, and there's plotters. And I'm a, I'm a 20 year oak tree. <laughs> I sit back. Hey, I date today's them 20 year, today's 20 year oak tree is just yesterday's. You know, little nut who held his ground. Yeah. I sit back and date him watch. Yeah, that's right. You plant the seed and the tree grows 20 years later. That's what I am. And I will forever till my last days on earth or the flat earth, (laughs) whatever it is. That's right, baby. Baby, (laughs) flat earth all the way. Mostly flat. Come on. Whatever it is, my last days of taking my breath, I'll always be in this mode, I think. Uh, yeah, me too. So think about that. You have power. You just look up the steering committee of the voking police certificates. But it has to be well done. I mean, it can't be uh, emotional. Whoa, 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 stop. Well, let's go. But well, you just we hit over. You ran over that at Mach two, revoking police certificates. Yeah. So talk about. Well, okay, bookmark that. Come back to that anyway. That's, okay, well, that's I, what I'm talking that, about. Yeah, I know. Yeah, revoking. Well, specifically, address that. What is that? What What do you mean specifically revoking? Police hey, you have a committee. I just said this. You have a committee that oversees right, right. the uh, hearings that oversee the the uh, the suspension or revoking police certificates. You have a okay, committee. So what I'm saying is, so it means what through the employment of a police officer, there or is, is that there's a certificate attached to each a certificate of employment, or how is that? That's what I'm wondering. Like you're fired, yeah. I'm pulling, I'm pulling your certificate. No, the or, the employment okay. different. The employment is at the county, silly, city, village, township, borough. The employment's not the same as. So when you get on the police academy, you get the, you get the, the certificate to carry weapon training, first yeah, aid, yeah. all the public, the first responder training, right? Sure. In order to go to the village, city, county, township, borough, you have to have the certificate. And Ohio, yes. state of Ohio, oversees all certificates. Okay. Not the county, village, township, the police. Internal investigations don't mean squat. Internal investigation. Okay, certification like a nurse, you know. So yeah, yeah pull pull that certification. You're out of a job. End result. Well, well first you got to present something extremely brutally factual, and say yes. this is why it should be he should be suspended or revoked. Revoke that certificate. Right. You got. Okay. This is what I'm saying. I don't think people, maybe just as of this call right here and now, we know that. 
nurses are, have certificates. Well, police have certificates too. No one ever talks about it though. No one knows about it. Hidden certificates. We're not hidden. Well, they, some people. Well, I'm just, I'm just saying, as far as common knowledge, no. Yeah. I, I, let's start asking people on the street. Nobody's going to go. What? I didn't know. Nurses, yeah, they're certified, certified, certified. But police officers, they're just not going to equate that. Where we, they have just um, set it up that way. Okay, interesting. I, I love that. Yeah, that's great. That's great. That's the root of the tree. Yeah. And and it's not to hurt the officer, the individual. He's got family, got children. I mean. So people, one of the problems in this is that we're so divided and so narcissistic, and I'm going to be hostile in this way, we're so one-sided, so narcissistic, narrow-minded that there's no real balance. I just want to go and do something. I want to run out and do something because I'm pissed off. Well, it takes time and thought. You just simply don't do it because you can do it. You there's There's logic and understanding behind it, and... You have concerns, and those concerns are public safety, and your rights are violated. And you copiously, factually plead that out, and you submit that. Or you submit it to the internal investigation. Now, they'd like to structure internal investigations. Police departments love to structure the evidence. They narrow the type of questioning and the direction of questions they want it to go. That's historic. They do that because... So they got questioning you, and then they got questioning themselves, which is a whole other set of guidelines how to question us. And the whole time, the police union is there. Now, here's another example. There was a kid that was shot up in Columbus, um, the the juvenile domestic court up in Columbus, Ohio. Little skinny white kid, his cop, sheriff shot him. The police union was all all over the place. Uh, saying, we talked to the police officer, we looked at the evidence, and we examined it, and, and the police officer should be protected. I don't, know, I don't know what happened there. It went silent. It's quiet. I, I posted like hell on that and made known on uh, the fraternal order of police. I said, you're not allowed to have that evidence. There's an investigation. You're not representing a guy. You're tampering with records. That makes you a... You're an idiot. That makes you a witness, a state star witness or or, or a defendant's witness. But the shooting went silent. It's quiet. The sheriff shot the kid, killed him. So the Ohio Fraternal Order of Police was all up inside that case talking about, you know, justification. And then here's the irony of this. Simon, Simon... Satan is asked to sift you. Here's what happened like a month later. Two police officers over in Westerville, Ohio, which I lived when I was a little kid, child, not a kid, uh, were shot to death, killed in Columbus over in Westerville, Ohio. You shoot the kid, and two police officers are are shot in the head and are killed. I find the timing very interesting. Satan is not uh, Satan is an equal opportunity artist. He got him both ways. They killed the kid. Two police officers were shot. That's just unbelievable, man. The timing is just bizarre. That and so when you look on the Fraternal Order of Police's uh, website, they got the star with the all-seeing eyeball in it. I addressed that too. I said that's satanic. Why don't you take that eyeball out of there? 
Yeah. <laughs> I said that. I said that on the, uh, the National Fraternal Order place too. What? I said, you guys are that's just wicked, man. You want you take that eyeball out of there and get rid of that stupid star. It's three, but cult. It's a Masonic thing. Uh, it's a satanic fellatio cult. That's all. I, you know, it's it's just evil stuff, man. And that's how that's how it is. You can revoke certificates that way. That's you have the at least the opportunity to make an attempt to do it. It's there. The paperwork's there. Everything's there. You have the committee. You're allowed to call the committee. And that kind yeah. of... Oh, yeah. Committee, that's what... Staff and committee, that's what I'm going up against. Well, you have yeah. the right. It's a right. They want to exercise their police powers and take everything 24-7, and they don't want you to have no rights. They, want, they always want to be on top of you taking your rights away. Some people don't need rights. There's some people that are so evil, so vile... That it's a, it's hard to even fathom to help them or represent them. It's just a may. Uh, I don't know how public defenders represent some people, but I'm not a public defender, so everybody's got rights. But some people are so lost. It's a very depressing. I don't know how to balance that out. Some people may know how to. I, you know, I'm. It's just bad. I mean. Right. That's that's the thing about that police officer that pulled that guy out of that truck. Those assaults equate those assaults equate to revoking a certificate or a settlement or both. Mm-hmm. And, and watching the video, he made justification. He tried to make justification. I understand why he was nervous. He once he realized what he did was illegal, he backpedaled. And if I can find it, I will. See if it'll pull up. If I can, I'll. Mm-hmm. I will um, put the, the video into your. Into your searching field. So we can um, we can get him in a crossfire, crossing the bar into a crossfire. Yeah, here it is, right here. I'll uh, wait. You watch, watch this very closely. Now, one part of you know the way they do it, the one part of it, the officer may be justified in some sense. I don't. know. You could say whatever. Or no, it's up to you. You have to decide. Uh, civil minds can disagree or point out things or take construction, criticism, you know. When you watch this, you'll find this very interesting. Now, he may he may be totally justified, I don't know, but from the double, the three assaults and searching the vehicle, that was illegal. It's going to be close, but it's still illegal, so... You can't. You just can't arbitrarily do that. The class, sure. my classes, are cheap, and that's. I made the classes that way to obtain the classes to think these way, to think this way. 
bring yourself to that. I got. I know somebody right now that's in jail, and they got a lot of problems, and they should have taken Chapter 10 when they had the chance, but it was too late, and now they can't do nothing about it, and They're, and they're they're struggling, and I can't. There's nothing I can do at that point. There's nothing I can. Yeah. I can't. Yeah, you're really. It's really too late when you're behind bars. I I know that more than anyone. Yeah. Everybody leaves you high and dry, runs away from you. It's ridiculous. There's not. I mean, there's nothing I can do. I can't write things out that he sees in there. He has to do that. So, so there's uh, 29 chapters. There's forms. There's play, There's forms. There's research. There's a lot of things, and there's um, there's appeals. How to write an appeal. There's objections. Our uh, cross examination arguments. Post conviction. Post convictions in there. Everything in this class is MP3 and MP4. Video and MP3. All video and MP3 and MP4. I'm going to open one of these up. It's been a while since I opened this up. All right, here we go. We are on. We're back here. Been away for a while. Doing. So everything is in video and audio. What do you want to talk about? What, you got any questions or what do you want to do? Um, no, no, I wanted to kick this off with, uh, what you were, what you had on your mind, so, uh, you, you told, you talked about the classes, um, and talked about this whole, uh, on the side of the road, you know, these, these cops, you know, kidnapping, because that's what they're doing, you know, once those, once those cherries go on, they're announcing false emergencies, committing felonies to, to enforce misdemeanors, basically. That's the whole game. And, and, and if it's um, not a felony, it could be a misdemeanor. So you got misdemeanor, misdemeanor, felony, misdemeanor, you know. Sure. It just depends. And some of it may, a lot of it may raise to a suit. Some of it may not. In my in the civil rights class, I show you how I wrote my complaint. 257 facts. 257 facts. And 104 causes of action. There was 11 people, so it's like four pages per person, three and a half pages per person. Which which, which, uh, divided out pretty good. And it wasn't, the the defendants weren't uh, maliciously added to it. It was the civil rights case, tow truck driver. I told him, don't search my car. He says, well, I have to. Insurance. I said, you don't search my car. You're not allowed to search my car. I don't care about that insurance. I'm not filing a claim. Don't get in my car. The police officer searched my car uh, twice and had another officer search it. That's three separate searches. That's illegal. You can't do that. (laughs) That's illegal. That's in the complaint. The report recommendation, the magistrate talks about that, why that was illegal. You're not allowed to do that. And then he searched me like three times or whatever it is. 
Every search besides the first search was an assault. You're only allowed to search. You only get one bite at the apple. That's what this court said. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, wherever you want to steer this. And uh, and the complaint, i show you how I wrote it, why, and how long it lasted. I'm in the Sixth Circuit. The Federal Sixth Circuit's really tough. Um, and I made it. I got the order to for trial and pre-trial. I made it. I remained in the 10%. Literally, I remained in the, in the trial lawyer's 10% category of going to trial in the Federal Sixth Circuit as a pro se litigant for civil rights. It was a it was an accomplishment that I didn't think I would make it that far because I know the Sixth Circuit. There's tough. There's there's appeal. There's federal appeals court judges in the Sixth Circuit are tough, man. Those guys are man. They don't you yeah. They're so they don't play errors. They'll skin you alive one side down the other. And I made it, and the the lower court judges didn't drive me to the appeals court to have it reinstated. They let me go all the way to the end, and then the settlement was build a jail. Well, $30 million jail. At first, it was 2 to $3 million. Now it's up to 30 to $35 million. And you can see that. It's on Muskingum County, the whiz. Muskingum County got to build a jail. They don't have the money. The taxpayers voted it down. And they're sitting there stuck. They're like, the county's stuck. We're breaking the law. We don't have the money to build the jail. What are we going to do? And they're, they're mad about that. I didn't do that. You guys broke the law. You guys accused me of breaking the law. You break the law. Well, if you break the law, that's not my problem. That's your problem. That's something you did. I didn't do it. I mean, we can't. They can't get out of it. They're imprisoned by the lack of money, per se. They say. You find that, and that makes a great opportunity to cash in, or at least compel the county to do something. Right. One of one of the complaints I had was of ventilation or ductwork. And the attorney general at the time, DeWine, he says, uh, you can't talk about ductwork because that's a that's a that's a a security problem. And I and that was uh, a that was an executive uh, order by uh attorney general DeWine back long back in two thousand nine or whatever it was. I think it was DeWine. And I should have I should have copied that executive order and showed that to the judge and look here. The ductwork's contaminated. They're choking everybody in here. See, here's the thing about the ductwork in jail. After really thinking about it, you know they go in there and poison the entire building with cyanide or whatever they want to do, slowly poison people, make you docile, put chemicals, gases in there. You don't know. Man, I'm telling you right now, this stuff is freaky stuff, man. When you really start getting in there, you can see you don't trust them. They're They're not our friends. They're not 
They're not who we think they are. Right. The, what the state is is not the same as what it once was. It's gone. It's dead. It's morphed into it uh, was. Uh, it has resurrected into some vile creature. Nor a very evil, ugly, nasty creature. Right, things are not as they appear. Oh, they're not. Under the Obama administration in Ohio, inmates were dying all over the state. And under the Trump administration, inmates ain't dying no more. I used to track that, too. A lot of inmates would die on Terror Tuesday. I don't know if you know what Terror Tuesday is, but Terror Tuesday was something that was uh, back in the Continental Congress. And a lot of inmates were dying on Terror Tuesday. Thursdays and Tuesdays. Being murdered. Broken necks. Hung. And 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 cells for no reason. Or well, I don't say for reasons. The state declared them as a national security threat. And they went in there and hung the guy. Broke his neck. That shit's real. We had an inmate over here in Kershawton get uh, hung himself, per se. Wow. And they just covered it up. I mean, it just it went silent. That's all. They're not going to talk about it. That's all that Okay, where else do you want to go? I mean, I, that's a good introduction. We're into an hour and 25 minutes. I think, what do you think? You want to call it a night? What do you want to do? I don't want to, a lot of people. I'm sure, can, why don't you, yeah, you can, well, they can listen to the uh, earlier yeah. hours or hour. Um, there's just a few, but yeah, we'll kick this off and go ahead and, uh, and plug the site and give people what they need to know again. You just go to uh, Craig Kirk dot com. Craig Kirk com. Go to the contact page. Hit me up. Just look at the site. There's a lot of free stuff on there. I'm still building it slowly over time. It takes a lot of work. I've got a lot of things going on. Uh, uh, in the there's a 42 site on 42 site. I put the cover page. I'm gonna go there and take a look. There's a cover page. There's a home rule easy to sue on municipal home rule. The Powers case talks about suing public defenders. You can sue a public defender. Uh, there's my case. There's, um, let's see, what else we got here? We got the Title 42, Chapter uh, Chapter 21, Subchapter 1983. Uh, we got the Federal Civil Rights Handbook, Pro Se uh, Manual. You got the cover sheet to file. You got a complaint verification, complaint for violation of civil rights, non-prisoner. Waiver of service, civil rules of court, and embedded in the civil forms, all the civil, not all of them, but a lot of civil forms to choose from, pro se forms. Down further is a 1983 uh, civil action for deprivation of rights. Every person under color of, of any statute, ordinance, regulation, custom, or usage of any state or territory 
of the District of Columbia subject or causes to be subject. Any citizen, you don't. If you don't call yourself a citizen, who cares? Just pretend. You don't have to. Any citizen of the United States or other person within the jurisdiction, they want to claim jurisdiction. We want to challenge jurisdiction at the criminal level. We want to invoke it at the suit level. With the jurisdiction thereof, to the deprivation of any rights, any rights, privileges, or immunities secured by the Constitution and laws shall be liable, and laws shall be liable to the party injured in an action at law, suit, and equity, or other proper proceedings for redress. Hello, police certificates. Hello. Yeah, yeah, that's that's huge right there. That's what it really pops out. It's not that it's new, but it is new. It's a way of looking at this. You know, for, for me, it's like, yeah, you pull their certificate, and that's that's awesome. That's like pulling the plug, you know. Well, it says, accept that in any action brought against a judicial officer for an act or omission taken in such officer's judiciary capacity, injunctive relief, now they want to they want to incorporate all the law enforcement in a judicial capacity. All police fall under the judge because the judge has the ultimate authority on court orders, and those court orders have to be journalized. Uh, such officers' judicial capacity injunctive relief shall not be granted unless a declaratory decree was violated or a declaratory relief was uh, unavailable. For the purpose of this section, any act of Congress applicable exclusively to the District of Columbia shall be considered to be a statute of the District of Columbia. So there's there's elements to Section 83. Every person under the statute of liability of state, not a person subject to suit under 83, but a state officer can be sued in the official capacity. You can sue in official capacity for per, uh, prospective or injunctive relief. You could sue in personal capacity too, but it's a higher mm-hmm. standard because you're actually taking property directly from them. They're all insured, so you have to weigh that out. Despite the fact that a suit against a government official, remember, governmental official is not necessarily a political subdivision, subdivision or a, a city. The state of Ohio is government per se. Mm-hmm. The county and the city are yes. political subdivisions and municipal corporations. They take on yes. possibly governmental immunity, but they it's not the same. Correct. They yeah, the legislature. Control. Yeah, the the legislature is the real deal. Yeah. yeah the, the people and they're just henchmen, you know, they're just uh um rent cops, you know, security guards basically. And they want to distinguish it. Now, here's what it says. Despite the fact that an an suit against a government official in his official capacity represents nothing more than a suit against the government entity itself. Despite this logical inconsistency, the current state of law is that the state may not be sued for damages. Now, that's not true. There's a thing called the Ohio State Court of Claims. You can sue the state there. The state set the Ohio State Court of Claims. Every state has it. It's a different state or a different court. It's not your courts in the counties or the cities. 
It's the it's the court of Ohio's the legislature. It's not a county or city court. It is the it's like the Supreme Court, right? But the Ohio Court of Claims is the original jurisdiction court, if you will. Just like the Ohio Supreme Court. You can sue in the Ohio State Court of Claims. Uh, may not be sued for damages, but may be sued for declaratory injunctive relief. Municipalities and local governments are persons subject to suit for damage and prospective relief, but the United States government is not individual employee of federal, state, local government may be sued in individual capacities for damages, declaratory, or injunctive relief. While the determination of who is a person is a matter of federal statutory interpretation of state law, the matter of who has the capacity to be sued is determined by the law of the forum state. Likewise, the law of the forum is to be applied in actions under 83, where the law of Section 83 provides no guidance. So, you have, you can file your complaint here. There's forms in here. There's, uh, I'll go through some of the complaint forms. Notice the consent to uh, reference civil action magistrate judge. Um, let's scroll down. Subpoena to appear and testify at a hearing or trial in a civil action. That's a AO88 form. These are all federal forms. Subpoena to testify at a deposition in civil action. Notice of lawsuit summons subpoena. AO88A. Subpoena to produce documents, information, or objects or to permit inspection or premise in a civil action, or to proceed without paying fees or court costs, petition for writ of habeas corpus, 28 U.S.C. 2254, writ of habeas corpus. So you can go to the page, and there's a lot of free stuff. That's the uh, Title 42, sec uh, Section 1983 page. I got legal fiction. There's legal fiction on here. There's a lot to study and look at and think about. I'll go there real quick. Surviving Fictions. Download. There's a book on there called Surviving Fictions. Right? I'm going to just save that real quick. And I'm going to open this book up. You can download it. It's free. It's in the class. It's public records. Law, Yale Law Journal Company Incorporated. Uh, 1917. I'm going to read the first couple pages. I don't know if I want to read all that. So I'll read one or two. Take a look at this. Jeremiah Smith, very important. Fictions are being applied today in courts. Here's what it says. It is sometimes asserted that the use of fiction in law is now practically obsolete, a thing of the past. Thus, uh, Mr. Odgers says, legal fictions have been well nigh disappeared. But this strong statement is erroneous. How do we know that? Judge Cooley, Joseph Story. Judge Cooley, Joseph Story. Joseph Story was anti-fictions and statutory construction, and, and, and Cooley was. And, and the state uses Cooley to take your rights away. Remember the roots. Instance of old fictions which are still in common use will be given in a latter part of this favor. Moreover, the law is not uh, encumbered by old fictions, but is in danger of having new ones foster upon it. Mr. Bentham 
who died in uh, 1832, did not believe that the crime of inventing a new fiction was likely ever again to be committed. Remember, they called it a crime. Creating a, a lie on their record is a legal fiction. We call it what it is. That's why it's in the class. It's a crime. It's called tampering governmental records, perjury, structuring evidence. But he was mistaken. 25 years after his death, the English courts invented and applied what Sir Frederick Pollock calls, read Pollock on common law code pleading, calls one of the most brilliant and successful fictions in common law, the implied warranty of authority. The implied warranty of authority, it's a fiction, which is attached to acts of professed agents. And Sir Frederick Pollock, in calling attention to the instance, expressed the dissent from uh, Maine, Maine's view that there is now left no room for fictions. In the past, there, there have been two principal reasons for employment of fictions. First, to cure deficiencies in the law of procedure. Second, that means, well, we're, gonna, uh, we're just going to order against you anyways. We're going to screw you because there's no evidence, but we want to have evidence anyway. We just want to say there's evidence, or we want to allow perjury. So we're, we have a deficiency here, so we're just going to allow it. And we're going, to, we're going to slaughter your rights because you're, you don't have any rights since the creation of the state and the county. We've seized all the property rights and all the inheritance from all the generations, so you don't have any rights. So we're going to—that's a—that's um, a deficiency, and we're going to fix it. So you're still guilty, even though there's no evidence. That's what all this innocence project shit's about. Right. Second to conceal the fact that judges by their decisions are making or changing substantive law. As to the first reason, under the old law, it is literal and rigid form. There was, uh, in many just, ca uh, just cases, no remedy whatsoever. But that's not true. They just didn't know how to plead it. There was remedy all the time because it was called a suit. The law of procedure needed an amendment. That's the lawyers not wanting to sue the county or the city or the state. They had, they, there were suits back in. There was a lot of suits against the government, straight up against the government back in the 1800s, and won. Uh, Judge uh, Joseph Story and Bentham and uh, Pollock and Green and all the co-pleading guys point them out. They talk about them. All kind of contract violations by the state and the federal government and suits and murder and unlawful uh, homicide by the government. They, they got sued and lost. But legislation was exceptional. And occasional, and the desirable amendment had to be made by the judges or not at all. The judges, however, did not openly and directly assert their right to invent or change law as to procedure. Now, what judges are they talking about? They're talking about the judge in your county territory lines. In our territory, in our county, we're going to change the law. <clears throat> we're going to interpret this way, even though it says that. And even two counties around me, they, they interpret it right. We're still going to change the law because we don't care about you, and we're going to do what the hell we want to do, and you go to hell. <laughs> the judge, however, did not openly or directly assert the right to invent and change the law as the procedure Instead, they resorted to the aid of fiction to bring about practical uh, changes that killed our rights. That's what they should say. 
however, not prof uh, professionally altering the old forms of action, or they adding a new forms. The old forms were adopted uh, by new cases by means of fictions, fictions as to procedure. Well, I we he's lying, Your Honor, and you caught him. Well, we're gonna we're not we're gonna deny your motion. We're still gonna move forward. Often that's how you sue them. It only takes one or two things. It's not like rocket science. I'm really, it's like I can catch you a couple of things. That's it. Often proved in the hands of judges instruments for accomplishing accomplishing useful reforms long before direct sanctions could be obtained for such reforms from the legislature. But while the legal fiction may be or may for the time being have served a useful function, we agree with Professor Hepborn. Go check out Hepborn Common Law Code Pleading. That the price paid for it was very high. That's right. False imprisonment, uh, firing squads, taking a property, uh, stealing money, taking cattle, on and on. The first reason for employment of fiction has no longer great influence. In the very recent times, the defect in the law of procedure have been largely remedied by legislation. There is now... In most jurisdictions, the comprehensive really simplified system, either regulated or uh, regulated in its details by express legislative enactment or regulated by the rules of court, framed by judges under express authority of the legislature. There is now, see, that's the funny thing. So the judges make the rules. Your Honor, there's no rule for them to commit perjury. You just made up a rule. There's no statute that gives him per that gives him the authority, except for the police union. Now I'm going to write a subpoena. And I'm going to subpoena the police union here, and watch what they do. They'll commit perjury and and tamper records and and defend him committing perjury, and you'll you'll abide by it, and I'll name you and the police union. See? Right. That's this is this is the roots. Right, that's why I can't I can't wait to start crawling up the rear ends metaphorically of uh the staff and uh, uh what I have to do on my end with my case, you know. I'm gonna read a couple of paragraphs, so I'm gonna be done, but it says uh there is now in most jurisdictions a compensatory simplified system either regulated in its details by express legislative enactment or regulated by the rules of court framed by judges under express authority of the legislature, there is now comparatively little need for judges to employ fictions as to that subject. But the fiction phases and the phrases and fiction reasons formerly employed are not entirely banished from the law books. Page three. Fact that the judges by their decisions are making or changing the substantive law there are at least three different theories as to judicial lawmaking. You know, judge, uh, judicial court, uh, judicial statutes. One, that judges cannot make law that they merely discover and apply law which has already existed. If you have a law in the statutes, the Lord, thou shalt not assault by a police officer, and then he come up there and make and say, I am going to allow him to assault you, and he's innocent. Because we, in our divine knowledge, and all-seeing eyeball, uh, the Supreme Court and the Appeals Court says that uh, says it's an assault, but we don't care because the Ohio or the police union is supporting him, 
and we got all the whole sheriff department behind him. Well, that's a takings. That's a constitutional problem. That's a federal suit all by itself. Just hook. Okay, if you can hit me, if you can assault me, then I want you to do it now. <laughs> right, right. Why don't you come over here and do it right now? I want you to repeatedly assault me. And they say, well, we have discrepancy to assault you. But you you can't get that. That's You can't buy that kind of evidence. Yeah, discretion, right. If you got discretion to assault me, well, God, then you just confess that you, you're assaulting me. You can't buy that kind of, you can, if you think about it, you can entrap and trap and trap because this is, they, they made the system up. I didn't make this shit up. I mean, this stuff's right. wicked evil. I mean, this is like, you, you have to be, a, you have to be driven by Satan himself to devise garbage like this. And this is the common law code pleading guys. These guys were the best lawyers and judges this nation's ever seen. These guys were hardcore bad boys. I mean, they were good. I mean, they were, by and large, they were pretty damn righteous dudes compared to what we got now. Oh, uh, it's like, not every judge is bad. Not every prosecutor is bad or police officer is bad. But the system compared to the 1800s, it's garbage. It can't even, we had code pleading in, in 1938 and 54 with Connolly v. Gibson, we got notice pleading. Code pleading comes from the Bible. Every jot or kittle shall be overturned. And notice pleading comes from Islamic law. Islamic law says I get to do whatever and say whatever I want to say against the kafar, the kafir. We can make stuff up. Yeah. That's, notice pleading is a straight out satanic. No, you got to code plead, fact plead this thing out to protect society, the defendant, and the victim. They don't do that. They practice notice pleading. We're going to make up shit and lie and just twist and deceive and, and twist and turn that judges can and do make law and subject uh, not covered by previous decisions and that judges cannot uh, unmake old law, cannot even change the existing, uh, existing law rule of a judge-made law. Number three, that was two. Three, that judges can and do make new law and also can and do unmake old law. The law previously laid down by themselves or by other judicial predecessors. We adopt a third view, but for present purposes, it is not absolutely essential to consider whether the third view is to be preferred uh, to the second. For those who adopt the second view generally uh, concede that, the, that a large part of the law now administered by the courts of additional made and rightly made by judges and in the way of supplementing and enlarging the law as regularly stated. And then we'll get down to the yellow part. I'm going to skip to the whole, the whole other paragraph. A legal fiction is the device which attempts to conceal the fact that a judicial decision, decision is not in harmony with the existing law. That means the officer can assault you. The only use and purpose upon the last analysis of the legal fiction is to normally conceal this fact that the law has undergone a change at the hands of the judges. But I now employ the expression legal fiction to simplify any assumption which conceals or affects to conceal the facts that a rule 
of law has undergone alteration, its letter remaining unchanged, its operation being uh, modified. Then after reviewing the English case law and the Roman uh, responsive uh, perdinium as resulting or resting on fictions. The fact is, in both cases, that the law has been wholly changed. That's all I'm going to read. Every time they come into court and commit perjury, or, or com commit a crime, and then uh, use perjury or, or tampering governmental records to um, to um, further take your rights away, or they're really saying, we can commit perjury, we can break the law because we overreacted, we made a mistake, and you're probably not going to forgive us, and um, we are going to... Um, we are going to uh, cover that up so we're, because your rights are already taken, so we're just going to create a fiction and make it, we're going to justify and say, well, we're going to expand the law in this county. That's, that's really, in essence, that's what they're doing. Here's a little short video. Take a look at this. Hold on, I'm going to turn that down. Listen to this. I'm going to explain this to you. This is a... This is a satanic spiritual side of this. Listen to this. But you get bad. Why lawyers? Why the law? Because the law, my boy, puts us into everything. It's the ultimate backstage pass. It's the new priesthood, baby. Did you know there are more students in law school than there are lawyers walking the earth? We're coming out! Guns blazing! The two of you, all of us, acquittal after acquittal after acquittal until the sanctuary reaches so high far into heaven it chokes the whole fucking lot of them. Now what's he talking about? I'm going to read this exactly what this is and we'll close out. Acquittal after acquittal after acquittal reaches so high and so far into heaven it chokes the whole lot of them. So what does this really mean? It means the state wins 85 to 97% of the time. Uh, what what the devil is really saying is guilty verdict after guilty verdict after guilty verdict after guilty verdict. doesn't matter, innocent or guilty, 97% of the time. That's, that is not the common law code pleading. That is straight out, no just pleading. It's Islamic on a white twist, Masonic Islamic twist, and that's exactly what that means. And that's on a spiritual side... That's Satan prosecuting and, and convicting anything and everything at walks. Because Christ, Satan took Christ and said, bow down before me and look at all the kingdoms of the earth. That, and I and I, uh, pretty much put this mindset into the class because the courts of heaven, you know, some people may right. might not believe it, but whatever. I'm not here to tell you what to believe or not, but... As above, so below. There's, there's a... Uh... There's a almighty judge presiding yeah. over creation itself. That's the classes are made. The class is made to think that way. The class is made to think about who you're dealing with. Scripture is very clear. Uh, one of the one of the bad things about our freedom movement, the patriots, and even sovereign citizens, I feel bad for them. Uh, many of most or all of them are pretty good people. They just get lost or twisted on things. And 
they may not have somebody to push them in the direction or been brought information or a way to think. Scripture is very clear on this. We got to know our adversary inside and out. Uh, wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove. When is it time to file your certificate, the complaint against certificate, and when's it not? Wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove. And Scripture is very clear on this. That's why I'm pushing you this direction. That's why I'm saying there's nothing. I haven't seen any real. Oh, that's not true. There's there are some good uh, pro se teachers and litigators, possibly. Even those guys, and even myself, we still have areas we got to work on. But when it comes to the roots, for me, I'm, so I'm an auto technician. My mind is, why is this car having emissions, drivability problems? Why is the fuel mileage off the rails getting, instead of 32 miles a gallon, it's only getting 16 miles a gallon? Why is that happening? Systems and subsystems. For me, it's like it just fits hand in glove. Here's the system. Oh, here's a subsystem. Here's a subsystem. Here's the wiring to the subsystem. Here's the sensors, the gatekeepers on the wiring harness, and I'm going to take my meter and, and my scope, and I'm going to see what those voltage readings are, and see if there's a break in the wire, if this sensor's got ohms being pulled too much, too many milliamps, all that craziness that automatechs have to go through to find a nightmare and a, and a world of electronics garbage. This law is the same way. Automotive work is harder mentally and physically than law will ever be. But you have to break the barriers and kill and and uh, set the gatekeepers on fire. Throw them in the moat and go in there and um, petition the the petition the king. <laughs> Okay, did you did you want to keep going or did you want to close her out? Uh, something happened. There was something happened to the site. Oh. See what I'm saying? Remember we called the other night and had the funny incident with the call? Right. I don't get this, man. There's something wrong with the site. Here's Alan Dershowitz. Listen to this. He talks about the law. Listen, and I'll play both of them. So take a listen to this. You've just written a great op-ed about our rights. And again, this is coming from you've been a lifelong Democrat. You did not vote for President Trump, but you are very concerned about his rights being stripped away and how that might affect all of us. Well, the way they go after our rights is first to go after political enemies, establish precedents on the basis of the political enemies, and then that precedent lies around like a loaded gun and can be used against anybody. Do you remember the great movie and play A Man for All Seasons? Uh, Sir Thomas More is asked, would you give the devil the right of the law? And he says, yes, I would. And the opponent says, no, no, you can't give the devil the right of the law. And then St. Thomas More says, if you knock down all the laws to get the devil, the next thing that will happen is the devil will use that to come after you. Now, Democrats and left-wingers obviously think President Trump is the devil. And they're prepared to eliminate civil liberties. The American Civil Liberties Union is praising a raid on a lawyer's office and praising the fact that the FBI gets to read potentially lawyer-client privileged information because they want to put some get Yeah, but what if it happened to the them? Bar. That's the point. You know, when I was a kid, they used to tell me, you know, a conservative is 
is a liberal who's been mugged. And I would respond, yeah, yeah, and I would respond saying, yeah, and a liberal is a conservative whose kid's been busted for pot or who is being audited by the IRS. You've got to commit yourself to civil liberties without regard to which side is being attacked. And I have to tell you, I'm not only critical of the Democrats on this, I'm critical of Republicans who were yelling about Hillary Clinton, lock her up, trying to expand the criminal law to get her, when they try to impeach Bill Clinton. That was a mistake. It's always a mistake to expand the criminal You hear that? It's always a mistake for the judges to expand the criminal law to allow the police to do whatever. See, this, this you can't buy this kind of education. This is He teaches it. You had to go to Harvard under Dershowitz. But they're always trying to expand and can, and twist the law to to make justification. Listen to what he says. He says two words, very important. The law or the grounds for impeachment against your political enemies because it's going to come back to bite you in the rear end. Bottom line, you're saying that, that the hatred of civil libertarians has made it so intense that they can't actually do their fundamental job, which is to protect everyone's rights. Well, first of all, there are a lot of civil libertarians in the ACLU who don't care about civil liberties. All they care about is left-wing, hard-left politics. Yeah. They use civil liberties as an excuse and as a justification. This has happened. Okay, the excuse and justification comes out of the common law code pleading. Confession, excuse, and justification. It's in Chapter 4. I talk about it. and It's important to understand rebutter, sir-rebutter, so forth. Excuse and justification. See, this is the thing. We've got to understand where he's coming from. And he talks about the common law and the code pleading, Sir Thomas More. I mean, the guy is who he is, okay? Most people don't like Alan Dershowitz. But when you talk about legal things, uh, he, he tells you that it's very important. All over the country. When I was a kid, it was the McCarthyites on the right that would try to stop free speech on campus. Today, it's the hard left. I spoke just the other day at the University of Illinois, and there were protests against me for speaking there because I support Israel. So, you know, everybody is turning everything around now, and there's so much hypocrisy, and the ultimate victim is both truth and civil liberty. That's a great point. Alan Dershowitz. Here's what Thomas Moore had to say. Listen to this. This is a, this is a video taken. You're just hearing the audio on it. So, Thomas. Richard. Uh, so. Lady Alice. Lady Margaret. Do you know William Roper the Younger? My reputation, of course. Good evening, Master Rich. Uh. Oh. You've heard of me? Yes. What connection? I don't know what you can have heard.
I would be faithful. Richard, you couldn't answer for yourself even so far as tonight. Arrest him. For what? He's dangerous. Michael, he's a spy. Father, that man's bad. There's no law against that. There is God's law. Then God can arrest him. While you talk, he's gone. And go he should if he were the devil himself until he broke the law. So, now you give the devil benefit of law. Yes, what would you do? Cut a great road through the law to get after the devil? Yes. I cut down every law in England to do that. Oh? And when the last law was done and the devil turned round on you, where would you hide, Roper? The law's all being flat. This country is planted thick with laws from coast to coast, man's laws, not God's. And if you cut them down, and you're just the man to do it, do you really think you could stand upright in the winds that would blow then? Yes. I give the devil benefit of law for my own safety's sake. That's exactly what judges do for police. They cut the law down, and they, and they allow that to happen. They cut the law down for them. They cut it down for them. They do it all the time. That is the common law mindset. That's the common law code pleading mindset. And to be able to spot and identify it is what the class is all about. That's it. That's what it's all about. That's how it works. It's basically looking structurally at the, the paperwork, the English. The mindset is very important. There is one other video in here. I don't know if I want to play it, but there's another video in here of on the uh, Prosecutor of the Devil page. Prosecutor sits in the seat of Satan. How does he sit in the seat of Satan? I talk about it on there. There is a video in here. Uh, this was Alan Dershowitz on the Zimmerman case. Uh, it's seven minutes. You want to play it or no? Uh, yeah, and you know, let's close out on that, you know. So well, this, this, here's how you pro- this is how you're going to prosecute. Listen to what Dershowitz said about affidavits. Okay. Check this out. This is You can go download this video and enter into court as an exhibit. Explosive claims today from a man said to be the best-known criminal lawyer in the world, Alan Dershowitz railing against the prosecution, the second-degree murder charge against George Zimmerman, the Neighborhood Watch volunteer, who is now charged in connection with the death of Trayvon Martin. Mr. Dershowitz is a Harvard Law professor who has argued nearly a dozen cases before the U.S. Supreme Court. He is the man who successfully got the conviction of Klaus von Bülow overturned, uh, among many, many other famous cases. And now he is here with me on the set. Professor Dershowitz, it's an honor to meet you in person. My pleasure. And you are now saying that if anybody should be criminally charged in this case, it is the prosecutors. Why? Well, first of all, anybody who is involved in a shooting should be investigated, and perhaps there should be charges against uh, Zimmerman. So let's put that aside for a second. But this affidavit submitted by the prosecutor in the Florida case is is a crime. It's a crime. Uh, if she, in fact, knew about ABC News's pictures of the bloody head of Zimmerman and failed to include that in the affidavit, this 
affidavit is not the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. It's Why do they have to put in there? Affidavit. Why do they have to? There's the picture. Why do they have to put in there the evidence that is bad for their side? Because they're prosecutors, and prosecutors, when they submit affidavits, have to tell the whole truth, not just a partial truth. A half lie is a lie, and by suggesting that, as they do in this, Zimmerman confronted Martin, and a struggle ensued. The passive voice. Uh, without describing the fact that there is evidence that during the struggle, Martin may have been on top, Zimmerman on bottom, and the bloody head may have been caused, according to Zimmerman, by the banging of his head against the ground. You can't leave that kind of evidence out when you're seeking to indict or inform against somebody. That's right. I mean, it's just educate the viewers, because I think most of our viewers assume that, you know, you've got the prosecution, they have one agenda, you've got the defense attorney, they have a different agenda. That's not necessarily true. The prosecution, prosecution has a different goal. Prosecution's job is to present the truth and the whole truth. It has obligations under the law not to suppress evidence, not and to hide exculpatory evidence, and to seek justice, not to seek justice for Trayvon or for Zimmerman, but to seek justice for the entire society. That's their job, to make sure that there is a just result. Now, I've heard from some, well, the prosecution has more evidence, but they're holding it back. This isn't poker, where you hold two cards and you flip them later. This is the justice system. And the justice system has to be resolved by our usual procedures. Better 10 guilty go free than one innocent be wrongly confined, proof beyond a reasonable doubt, and all the evidence of innocence must be set out by the prosecution. The United States Supreme Court has said that repeatedly. But they will. They'll do it at trial. They have to do it in the public. Too late. Too late. You don't indict based on false information. Now, one of the problems is because they've indicted for second-degree murder, and there's nothing in this affidavit that suggests mm -hmm. second-degree murder, the elements of second-degree murder aren't here, the expectations have been reduced. There was an article today in one of the Daily Beast saying there'll be riots on the street if there's an acquittal. If there are riots, it will be the prosecutor's fault because she overcharged, raised expectations. No reasonable jury is going to convict based on the evidence I know of second-degree murder. So this prosecutor not only may have suborned perjury, she may be responsible if there are going to be riots here for raising expectations to unreasonable levels. Do you think... You know, she went down there to Florida, or she, she's in Florida, but she went out and when she announced the second-degree murder charges said, we are here to seek justice for Trayvon, to seek justice for Trayvon. That raised a lot of eyebrows because it, do we, or is it justice for Trayvon or is it just justice? It's Does, just, you know, because Zimmerman is claiming that it was self-defense, that he was the victim. You know, this, this is not the first time this speech has been made. It was also made in the Anthony case where the prosecutor said, we need uh, justice for, for Kaylee. And the jury said, no, no, you need justice for the defendant. There's only one person on trial, and that is the defendant, George Zimmerman. But only Kaylee, one that's, person but that's who has right. Because Kaylee, you knew Kaylee Anthony was, was a genuine victim. Right. There was no question. Trayvon Martin appears to be a victim, but we don't know. Zimmerman's whole defense is that he, he was the victim. Look, they may both be victims. Uh, Trayvon Martin was a victim. He was not committing any crime. He was carrying Skittles. He shouldn't have been followed. He shouldn't have been confronted. But... If, in fact, Zimmerman is telling the truth that he was blindsided, that Martin turned from a victim into an assailant, you may have two victims, two provokers, and a very complicated legal issue that always must be resolved in favor of the defendant. When in doubt, you always resolve those doubts in favor of the defendant. But I want to ask you, because this is one of the questions I've been asking all along. Can you get to second degree if you can prove Zimmerman?
Zimmerman stalked Trayvon. Zimmerman had no right to do that. Zimmerman ascribed criminal motives to him that were not appropriate. Absolutely not. Zimmerman then abandoned pursuit but was confronted by Trayvon, but the only reason he was confronted by him and forced to engage in self-defense was because he was the initial aggressor in stalking, following, etc. No, the statute's very clear. If you're the provocateur, let's assume under your hypothetical that Zimmerman was the provocateur, you lose the stand-your-ground statute. Mm -hmm but you don't lose traditional self-defense. So, so even he can argue provoked, in front of a jury, but it's not going to get him out of the criminal trial altogether. Well, it might. It might get him out of the criminal trial because the stand-your-ground statute gives the judge the right under the general statute to look at the law. Any reasonable judge should throw out second-degree murder. And now we're down to manslaughter. Mm -hmm. Then you have to ask yourself, is there enough of manslaughter? Not in this affidavit. There may be more evidence that the prosecution now has. But my great fear is that the prosecutor has raised the stakes, has raised expectations, and Why? she may be responsible for whatever the results are if there are going to be an acquittal, which I suspect there will be in this Why case. Why did she do that? Because she's a politically elected person who was appointed to get Zimmerman. She was appointed to prevent riots. She wasn't appointed to do justice. She was appointed to calm the situation down. That's the problem when you elect prosecutors. We're the only country in the Western world that elect prosecutors. Prosecutors run for re-election based on mm -hmm. how many people they put in jail. That doesn't produce justice. We saw that problem. I'm not saying it, it applies here, but we saw that problem in the Duke fake rape case with Mike Nyfong, who was and running for re-election. He went to jail for a night and got disbarred. If I were this prosecutor, I'd be hiring a lawyer. That's how that works. What statute governs perjury or affidavits? The affidavit statute, it says very clearly, you better not lie. <laughs> it's not, this stuff isn't hard. When you look at, and he used common law code pleading in here all over the place, man. Uh, ten, um, uh, the ten, ten people go free, one man, innocent man, whatever. That was one place. Uh, justification was another place, I think. Um there was another place in there I wanted to point out. I can't remember. He was using the code pleading material in there. Uh, provoker and assailant. Uh, victim and assailant. He, that's code pleading. That's uh, uh, That goes to... Um, uh, give me a second here. That goes to... A ju uh, excuse and justification. Right? Excuse and justification. And he was and he was rebutting the fictions. They committed perjury on the affidavit. They committing see that's the, the there's civil rights litigation right there. It's just <clears throat> these kind of things you can take off of um, off of YouTube, download onto a thumb drive, and submit the thumb drive as evidence or link the or link it the. The pay, the link, the the site title, the URL as an exhibit, and put that in there. It's an authority. He's a law professor. He's Alan Dershowitz, right? You you could do that with judges and YouTube videos and things like that that are pointed on point. That's the thing about the police. They go in there. He cut a great road for the police. Cut the statutes down at the county level. Plead the case. The statutes don't apply to them. They cut a great row. And now look at the country. Look where we are. Look what they've done. 
they took the United States from what it once was, something I consider a pretty just animal a long time ago to some kind of animal beast now that this is lunacy. The United States isn't the same as it was. Anyhow, you can find this material on the site. There's downloads on several of the pages. Broken Duty, there's a PDF on here called Broken Duty. Download it. Yep. I'll tell you the name of it real quick here. It's called Broken Duty. It is Historical Guide to Failure to Disclose Evidence by Ohio Prosecutors, Broken Duty, by Ohio Association of Criminal Defense Lawyers, 2005. Download it. It's free. Read it. It's frightening. There's a case in here. I'll just cite one case and we'll close out. There's a case in there. I can't remember if it's Dave B. Lambert or not, but there's a case in there. The judge wouldn't give the final appealable order, generalized order, so Lambert, or whatever the guy's name was, to appeal. He sat in prison for five years without the ability to appeal. And finally, the Supreme Court had to kick him out. You know why that is? Here's why the court, I think it was Lucas County, here's why they wouldn't give him give him an appealable order. Because the state auditors, the financial auditors came in the state audited the case and said this is a criminal, this is a loser case and what you did here is a crime and we're not going to fund you or get, give you money on this case. Right. And they couldn't, the state didn't, the county, I'm sorry, the county didn't have the money uh, to fund the case. They had to have investors come in. That happens a lot. That's what. That's what's in this. The Supreme Court kicked him out. He spent five years in prison without being able to appeal. I want you to think about that. The lower court did that. The the lower court judge did that, and they audited the case, and it was garbage, straight out fabrication by police, it, perjury, tampering records, hiding evidence. That's in this book, I think. If it's not in there, I got the case somewhere else, but I think I got it out of here. I mean, that's frightening stuff. So with that, my friend, I'm going to – we should close out. Yeah, we'll close it out. Yeah, that was good. That was was a lot. That was enough. (laughs) Great way to kick it all off. So once again, you can visit Craig at uh, www.craigiobjects.com or Craig – what, Craig Kirk Iobjects. Dot com or craigkirkobjects.com. Get you, both will get you to the same place. Look over uh, what's there, the classes, the other material that's available, the freebies, and uh, any specials. What do you got going on? Anything that people need to be directed to specifically on your webpage? Uh, what I did was I lowered the price down pretty low so it's affordable, it's easy, accessible. Um, I'm just adding material to it. You'll be able to download pictures and documents and those kind of things and uh, just research cases, you'll be able to look at it and then and think about it, is this my case, you know what I mean? This, a lot of the counties in Ohio, they have people riding around in plain clothes who are not, who do not have arresting powers, but who spy on people and they got cell phones and reporting back to their handler. That's happening in every right. county in the state of Ohio. <clears throat> Okay, and if you can catch them, you can bring an action for them for stalking. 
Mm-hmm. So, nice. Yeah. So, so you, you uh, just mention. I mean, if you're if the state looks at you as some kind of um, domestic terrorist, they, the, the state loves to fabricate that stuff. State loves it, and that way they can collect money. They can if they can uh, put pin if they can pin you to that, they can collect money. And then the funny thing about that is that's called tampering governmental records and fabricating evidence or stacking evidence, and they take money to do that and they make justification. But when the fire, when the rubber meets the road, they can't do it. They they make it up. But when the, when it gets under the microscope, it doesn't exist. And here's why it doesn't exist. Oftentimes, the state's position is you don't have a right to dissent. So remember when Dershowitz says it gives the judge the general right. On self-defense, that's what I'm saying. They took all the rights and seized them a long time ago. The state says, well, we have a right to create evidence against you, pictures, video, whatever. We have a right to categorize you as a sovereign citizen, a domestic terrorist, or whatever. Uh, And we have a right to do things to you. And you have no rights to dissent in any form whatsoever. You have no rights. That's the state's position. Now, it, now, it's a beautiful thing when they give that over to you. It's a beautiful thing because now you can go sue. There, it, it's so bad the state says you don't even have a right to sue under federal court. <laughs> Crossing the bar with Rocco. That's right. Shoot him up. Bag him up. Bag him, tag him. Okay, we're going we're gonna to end it there. So, um, let's see. One thing. Once again, they can visit your site and then ask you uh, specific questions through your email there about mentoring and, and other things, about uh, sharing, sharing and networking. Well, I'll just say that. So having said that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull the plug for this evening, and uh, we'll see you next time. All right. See you later, okay. buddy. Bye. Yeah, we'll see you. Bye-bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.